I remember <laughs> really clearly how excited I was to take this new job. It was in our company, the same company I'd been working in for over 10 years, but this opportunity was to play on a bigger stage, to lead a larger team, to have a bigger impact inside the national broadcast company that I worked for. And at the time, Marlene and I and our two little kids, Tyler was almost five, McKenna was two, and Marlene was pregnant with our third child, Camden, would be arriving soon. We loved where we lived. We were living in Utah in a beautiful place at the time. But this was one of those career opportunities you just don't pass up. And so we decided to leave Utah and to move to Arizona. And I was super excited about this new opportunity. It was a turnaround project. Our company had purchased a group of radio stations and internet sites that weren't performing well. And my job was to help turn them around. I'd never done anything like that before. I'd never been given a project of this size. And I knew I had ideas that could help. I had experience that could really benefit this team. And then reality hit. And it, it, if you don't know me, you you should understand that I'm a low blood pressure guy. I'm intense when it comes to, you know, achieving success and delivering and winning and all of those sorts of things. But I don't stress out about it. You just put together a plan and you execute. Well, even being a low blood pressure guy, I'll never forget a few months in to this new job and waking up in the middle of the night drenched sweating because I was really really worried I had a growing family to feed it was 185 degrees outside we'd paid way too much for a house in the housing bubble we didn't know anyone we were in a strange city to us and I for the first time in my life felt like I might fail. I might not be cut out for this job. Have you ever have you ever felt that way? I don't know if you've ever had an experience in your life to where you feel like I might not have it. I it may not I may not have the skills or talent needed here. And I'd never felt that way before. And I'll remember that night and that fear and that uncertainty forever. And I'll also remember my conversation with Eric, my boss, one of the greatest leaders I've ever worked with. I went into Eric's office and I was real with him. He was the type of leader you could be honest with. And I talked to Eric about my concern and I actually didn't seek out Eric. He sought me out because he detected that I wasn't I had lost some confidence. He was that kind of a leader that was watching and observing and paying close attention. So he invited me into my into his office that was on the first floor of our two-story office building in Phoenix. And he said, Russ, what's going on? And I explained to him. And Eric said something to me that I will forever remember. He said, Russ, do you realize that right now we are running This place is running on your confidence. The word he used was swagger. 
And he meant it in a good way. He said, Russ, we're look at the results right now. We we don't have any good ratings to sell. What do you think we're selling? What do you think's keeping the sales team moving forward? What do you think's helping us have some momentum right now? It's the confidence we have that you and your team will be able to turn this place around. So you can't lose you can't lose that swagger, Russ. You can't when you leave my office, this is what he said. It's it's like it happened yesterday. I remember it so clearly. He said, when you leave my office, I need your head up high. I need you to walk out of here with confidence. I need you to execute and to go believe in that you can build this into the place that we know we can make it into. And that conversation had a profound effect on me. I've thought about it many, many times in the years since. Why did it impact me so much? And I'm convinced it's because of two reasons. Eric did two things in that moment that were extremely impactful. The first is he taught me the power of expressing your belief in someone. It can be game-changing. And I believe too often we think it doesn't need to be stated. It's just going unsaid. And so this retelling of that story and this week's episode is actually a good reminder for me of how important it is to express belief in someone. The second reason I believe that that experience with Eric was so impactful on me was because of the power of expressing that you're in it together. So Eric expressed belief in me and he made sure that I knew we were in it together. And that's what I want to talk about. In this episode 24 of the Decide to Lead podcast with me, Russ Hill. If you're new to the podcast, they don't all sound like this, Um, but this is how I wanted to do episode 24. Again, if you're new, I'm Russ Hill. I work as a leadership coach and consultant, work for the firm Partners in Leadership, and uh, and I consult thousands of leaders around the world and mostly Fortune 500 companies on managing their culture and building greater accountability. And in this week's show, I wanted to talk about the power of expressing belief in someone and the power of making sure others feel you're in it together. I believe that there's a shortage of people that do both those things, of leaders who do both of those things. And I have one other story I want to share with you, and it's one I observed in a hospital, a hospital that we work with in the New York State area. And the name of the leader is Michelle. And Michelle leads a uh, now a couple of hospitals, 
and she had one and she does such a great job. She's done such an exceptional job these last few years. They gave her another hospital to turn around. The hospital that Michelle leads, the, the first one she led, which she became CEO, was really struggling. And I, early on in the project, multi-year project we were working with her on um, with this with this hospital, um, we got into a room and, and she was in front of hundreds of her leaders and she was kicking off this meeting before she turned it over to myself and one of my colleagues to uh, lead a, a full day meeting with her team, her leadership team. Michelle got up and she started talking about what a gift it is to work at a hospital. And she talked about two things that happen in hospitals every day. One is that employees get the opportunity to welcome new life into the world as babies are born. And she mentioned, she talked for just a couple of minutes about what a gift that was. The second thing she did was she talked about what a gift it is to be in the room and be around families as they say goodbye and people exit this world. This was, these were her opening comments in a leadership team meeting about how unique it is to work at this hospital. Now, I've been in a ton of hospitals. I've never heard a leader say anything like that. What they typically talk about when they get in front of their team is we need to collaborate more. We need to focus on the patient. We need to make sure we're delivering these results. It's about patient safety. It's, it's very matter of fact. It's very business driven, which it, I'm not saying that's wrong. And, uh, and yet she, as the CEO, that was what was on her mind as she started this meeting. And I thought, good for you. Wow, it was powerful. She talked a little emotional about it. And she's been working in hospitals for years. And then she talked about how much she believed in the people who were in the room that they could turn around this hospital so it could do a better job of welcoming people into the world and helping families say goodbye when there was nothing else medical professionals and medical science could do to preserve or extend somebody's life. And I, th- I was thinking about that example as I was preparing this show today about expressing the power of expressing belief in someone and Michelle's ability to stand up and frame up the bigger picture and then talk about her confidence in her leadership team to be able to turn around the results they were achieving was powerful. And Michelle's done such a great job. I've been able to watch over the last few years um, that uh, in turning that around that um, she's been given responsibility for additional employees and another hospital in New York State. And so what I want you to think about here in episode 24 is the power of expressing your belief in someone and the power of helping others feel like you're in it together. And I want you to apply that in a couple of different aspects of your life, a couple of different situations. The first is I want you to think about it in the team you lead at work or in some kind of organization. It could be community or religious-based, wherever you're, you're serving as a leader or have the opportunity to lead others. I want you to think about the power of that. And I know it feels touchy-feely, but you know what? For Eric, it wasn't touchy-feely for me when I was really down in the dumps and lacking confidence and struggling 
And and for Eric to do what he did was powerful. And he didn't do it just once. It, it was dramatic in that one example. But Eric led that way in the years we worked together. I always felt we were in it together. I always knew he was competent. Doesn't mean he didn't question me. Doesn't mean there weren't moments of failure. Doesn't mean that we didn't struggle at times. But I knew he believed in me. He had confidence in me overall. He trusted my judgment. He expressed that to me openly. Man, that's rare, especially in male leaders, huh? I think female leaders or women are better at that. But even both genders, both sexes could do a better job of that. And so I want you to think about where you could apply this professionally, expressing your belief. And so, man, you do, and it could be as simple as, I just want you to know how much of an impact you're having in this organization and how much we rely on you to help us with fill in the blank. And I just want you to know I, I, you, are, you are doing a fantastic job and it's specific. And I want you to know that I, I see the impact you're having and I know that you can help us achieve X. That, don't underestimate the, the impact of that conversation on a regular basis. And then the second thing is help people feel like you're in it together. That is powerful. How can you don't use the I, man? It drives me nuts when my colleagues or people we coach use the word I or mine or me. I mean, there are occasions where that makes sense, but there are so many when it doesn't. My client, I'm you know, it's ah, no, it's we. We're in it together. This is our team. These are the organizations we work with. These are our challenges. There's power in us feeling like we're in it together. So think about the where you could apply what I'm talking about today in a professional setting. And then the second area I would challenge you to think about is personally. Who do you know? Who do you live with? Who are you related to? Who do you live by? Who are you aware of? Who could use some help with you expressing confidence in your belief in them and helping them feel like we're in it together. I've had the opportunity to serve in leadership positions in the church that I am a member of. And that has meant leading. I don't talk about this usually in these podcast episodes, but this is a little bit different, a little bit more personal of an episode. I've had the opportunity to lead congregations. And so for a period of time, that meant leading a congregation of about 700 people. And I did that for a while. And then I was asked to lead a larger group of 5,000 people uh, at our church. These were volunteered in addition to my full-time job. And so I'd spend anywhere from 20 to 40 hours, depending on the week, in addition to my full-time job volunteering in these roles. I tell you that because of some experiences I had. And it would not be uncommon for me during the times when I served in those positions to meet one-on-one with someone who was struggling with addiction. There were various addictions. Sometimes it would be a teenager, sometimes an adult, different situations. And I became aware after repeated instances of meeting with people and realizing how many people fight addictions, I became aware that there were underlying causes that I needed to investigate, not as a professional counselor, because I wasn't that. I was a religious uh, leader, someone who was helping 
in 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 a area of faith and the professionals do what they do i had a different role and i as i started to uncover and learn over time that hey russ in those settings where someone is revealing struggles they're having um that are really serious um to their spiritual mental emotional and sometimes physical health you ought to dig a little deeper and and find out what's what's causing it and so there's a question that i learned to ask and the question was this what are you running from what are you trying to escape from and so i i would ask that question and then i'd just shut up and the person most of the time didn't expect that question and i could do a whole podcast episode on the answers i got they were as varied as you can imagine so often with teenagers it was pressure the pressure of trying to succeed at school the extracurricular activities the good grades that i feel like i have to deliver the they they were trying to live up to all of these expectations others had of them we all do that right we all are in that world and um and that's something we have to balance and what i learned was when that derailed them or caused them to develop habits that they didn't want because they were trying to escape the pressures that they were dealing with i learned the power of me sitting and i'm no one special but sitting in the room with them and saying to them do you know how much i believe in you and expressing you know what we're in this together this is not your battle to win it's now ours and i can't tell you how powerful that was for other people to hear and i'm a nobody but there's just a shortage of that and i don't want to be too dramatic or too um too personal in this episode so i'll wrap it up here in a minute but just i'd ask you professionally where where could these principles apply and personally who could benefit it doesn't have to be somebody fighting an addiction or in some extreme situation but there's a shortage of leaders that do what eric did in the moment that i was questioning my ability my confidence when i was struggling and so it's a good reminder for me too to think about where could i express belief in someone and help them feel like we're in it together that is episode 24 i did not intend for it to be quite that serious but you know what life is serious uh, has some has some we got to be real sometimes right so next week i'll return to the normal cadence the normal sound the normal style of the show this week i wanted to mix it up a little bit i'd love your feedback you can connect with me on social media at russ leads on instagram facebook twitter linkedin at russ r-u-s-s leads like leadership l-e-a-d-s russ leads you can find me on any uh whatever your favorite social media platform is i'm most active on instagram and so i'd love for you to connect with me and i'd love for you to shoot me a direct message or a comment um, on this podcast or you can just find a way to contact me at russhill.com 
And short of doing that, I'd appreciate two other things from you. Number one is if you haven't subscribed to the show yet and you find value in these episodes, knowing that they're not going to be all this heavy and intense, I'd love for you to click on the subscribe button and whatever app you're using to, to listen to the show right now. All that does is guarantees that once a week, this show will be automatically downloaded into your podcast player. So when you're mowing the lawn, exercising, racing to the airport, waiting for the oil change, you can listen to it. And the second thing I'd ask you to do, in addition to subscribing, is if you find value in it, tell somebody about it. Post it on social media, mention it to a spouse, partner, loved one, colleague, whomever, and encourage them to listen to it. That's how the show has grown in just 24 episodes to the audience we already have. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Russ Hill with you with episode 24 of Decide to Lead. You connect with me on social media or at RussHill.com. We'll talk to you next week.